This is take two of episode 44. I got like this weird deja vu. <laughs> Isn't it strange? Yeah, it's crazy. We'll, we'll figure it out though. Yeah, well, you know, we're just, it's what happens when you give a couple amateurs some microphones and a mixing board. We don't have a freaking clue we're doing, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Nick, I got some good news, man. Good news. Yeah, Justin Bieber is here with us. <laughs> really? Isn't that who that is? Uh, or did I, did I misread the show notes? Just a hair off. <laughs> just a little bit. It's not Justin Bieber? No, I don't think so. Uh, I couldn't afford him. Sorry. Couldn't afford Justin Bieber. No, no. So we got this dude named Justin on. Now, here's the deal. Justin, say hi, first of all. Hey, guys. How's it going? So Justin is this um, very educated dude. He deals in like uh, physics and propulsion and, I don't know, flipping burgers on the side. Do you do that occasionally? <laughs> It's, it's not burgers, remember, it's Subway sandwiches. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Subway sandwiches. So anyway, Justin's going to kind of hang out with us tonight. We're going to just kind of pick his brain on a few technical topics. We're not going to get too serious about it. But first, we need to find out what's been going on. Nick, what have you been up to this past week, dude? Uh, I've been doing some flying. I sent my family off camping. They went camping last Let's see. So last weekend, you're still sticking with the camping story. Yeah, yeah, I am. While I did some uh, landscape, (laughs) they're they're back though. I was doing some landscaping, (laughs) but they they are here. I can attest to that. All the neighbors have seen them, so it's okay. Okay. Yeah, they went camping, which gave me a week of. uh, It was awesome just to be able to get out, fly after work. Um, Mm -hmm. Still had a bunch of projects going on at home, but uh, it's been cool because I got. Just, you know, the final little tweaks and tunes uh, on my whiplash. Super happy with the way that it's flying now. Just that, that, that final feeling that you get when something all completely falls into place. So it was a good week. That sounds real good. So as you know, my, I, uh, my cool power showed up on Wednesday. And that uh, 700 loves that cool power. Oh, yeah. It drinks that cool power. Like I've served it with a lime wedge and an umbrella. Yeah. Just craziness. I mean, it's, I've been having a great time with it though. It's, uh, it's, it's, I'm not going to lie. You know, I've, I've been flying the, the OS fifties with the single needle, right? And the uh, YS 91 has too many needles for you. Well, no, for everybody. It should only have one. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's just, you'll got, get it. Yeah. It, it, look, it's intimidating. But it's got just the right number of needles. Are you sure it doesn't need four? It three could. will do. Th- three will do plus, it. Plus the idle needle doesn't really count. Yeah, you can't really count that one, right? Yeah. But uh, so I've been flying the shit out of it. Dude, 
I've been at the field nine days in a row. I hate you. From oh, seven o'clock. From seven o'clock to about three o'clock. It's like a job. It's my job. Oh, yeah. Freaking horrible job, dude. <laughs> it must be hard. Uh, sometimes it's a labor of love. I swear. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do with you, Dan. <laughs> so obviously lots of flying. Um, this week has been a week of massive firsts for me. Yeah. Uh, do tell. Oh, dude. So, you know, I come back from the Todd Bennett class and I know I go on and on and on about the Todd Bennett class, but I got to tell you guys what I'm doing today, the past week, I probably wouldn't be doing for another year or longer. And I didn't, I don't know what the answer is. I just learned some confidence, I guess. But uh, did my first sustained, inverted, five feet off the deck and hover. Nice. Nose in, nose in. But nonetheless, I was able to control it. Did my little thing today. It was almost like I took a hit of crack today, dude. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what that text was all about. Yes, dude. I finally nutted up. And I hit the throttle hold switch at about 150 feet. Oh, nice. And um, I had to bail out the first two times because I just got a little nervous. Yeah, I that don't matter, though. I bailed out at about 10 feet, and uh, I thought to myself, you know what? I shouldn't have done that because I had it. Dude, 27 autos in a row today. Wow. <laughs> nice. Now, you've been <laughs> doing them on your 600. Well, so this I, is just the whole intimidating factor of the 700? Well, I did the one forced auto. I have never done a voluntary auto in my life, except from like five feet off the ground. Many baby oh. autos. I finally did have to call it a day, though, because I came in a little hot the last one and broke the front landing struts. But I figure that's pretty good for the first day, right? Absolutely. I came in, uh, I bounced it a little too hard, and I... I started uh, throttling back up and uh, the tail started spinning. And in my mind, I'm like, oh shit, I must have stripped the gear. So I put it back down a little too hard. Well, in reality, it was spilling up from or spooling up from zero practically. And the tail was just trying to play catch up, <laughs> trying to play catch up. And I should have just let it go. But I thought, oh man, I fucking stripped the gear. But anyway, when I put it back down, I broke a, I broke that strut. That's the way it goes. And so that leads us to Justin. Justin's never been on the show before. Justin, say hi again. Hey, guys. How's it going? So you fly helicopters, RC, I of course. Do. How long I have you been do. flying? I've been flying for about three years now. Without going into detail, tell us a little bit about your... You've got some technical background knowledge, so to speak. Absolutely, yeah. I'm uh, I'm an aerospace engineer uh, in the rocket propulsion industry. So, uh, huh? Yeah. You make things okay. go? <laughs> AKA smart bastard. <laughs> you make shit go somewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's awesome. Space shit. <laughs> so you've been flying for three years and you have the unfortunate uh, opportunity, I guess, to be around Nick. I'm I sorry. The bastard. That's uh that's a fate that not many men should have to deal with, but unfortunately I am right here. Oh, you are? I'm right, oh, I'm right here. shit, oh, yeah, I thought I... He's still here. I thought God, he dropped off. I thought we muted him. Damn it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> no, that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. No, he's a good guy, definitely. Yeah, that's what we'll tell him when he's sitting here listening to us anyway. 
Keep it coming. <laughs> All righty. So rumor has it that you are working on a project. RC helicopter related, of course. I am. Can you Absolutely. get... What are you doing? What's up? I'm working on a miniature aircraft whiplash gasser. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it is almost done. It'll be ready to uh, show off at the Snohomish Fun Fly next weekend. Oh, yeah? Yep. So when you say it's going to be ready for sure? It's going to be ready for sure. When's the maiden? Uh, when's the maiden? Probably sometime this week. Yeah. Uh, this is my first gasser, so I'm learning the whole break-in procedure on these engines, which is quite a bit more uh, intricate than a standard nitro. So I'm going to try to get all of that done before the fun fly so I can actually just fly it there. So are you breaking in on the stand or are you breaking in in the helicopter? No, I'm going to break it in on the helicopter. Good man. I broke a couple of gasser motors in on the stand and it was horrifyingly boring. Yeah, I've heard of a couple of people doing that. I figured, what the heck. I might as well be bored hovering for 10 or 15 minutes straight than uh, staring at it on a picnic table. Well, you know, it's been a while since I've done the gasser thing, and maybe you can refresh my memory. But it used to be you'd have to run about a gallon of petroleum-based oil through your motor. You have got they, it. Have they, they are still doing that same thing? Yep. I got uh, Lawn Boy Ashless for the first gallon at 32 to 1. And then uh, once it's off the first gallon, I'm going uh, AMS Oil Sabre at 40 to 1 mix. Back when I was doing it, dude, Pennzoil Marine was all the rage. You know what? It's still a really popular one. Is the it? Reason, yeah, it is. The reason I'm going with the AMS is because that's what Toxic Al recommends. Uh, as the first and foremost oil in this motor, uh, I think Chris Lund's been flying it in his, so it's a tried and true oil, and I'm I'm just going with what uh, what other people know. Well, let me just say I wouldn't necessarily put any faith in what Chris Lund tells you. <laughs> <laughs> Trust us, we've been there. <laughs> no, he's awesome. We're only kidding, guys. Please, no yeah. hate mail. Oh, he's a good guy. Absolutely, yeah, Chris is a. Chris is a stud. I uh, I got this. Uh, I, I actually was sending him an email the other day. He sent me a picture. He's uh, he's started this uh, well a project, I guess, that uh, got a little more than he wanted to do. He's trying to wire up his little trailer for uh, going to events, and um, so we kind of got talking back and forth, and and of course, you know, he calls nitro slimers, and I I just texted him just out of the blue. I said. Dude, my helicopter's all covered in slime. And he says, well, that's uh, your own self-inflicted misery. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's hardcore gasser. Hardcore gasser. Oh, yeah. yeah. But anyway, he's a good guy. We were just he joking, is. so no no hate mail, please. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm stoked to see that thing fly. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm really excited to see that fly. I want to... It, it seems like the Menair gasser is kind of the first one that's really coming to the market a little more oriented for beating up and banging around. I mean, the airframe will take it. There's not going to be any issues there. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah, it's Absolutely. built like a brick. Amazing. So you're going to get some video of that maiden flight. That's the plan. Yeah, and we'll get out the uh, we'll get out the Showtime camera at Snohomish too, so <laughs> yeah. we'll get some <laughs> So we'll get some video of it flying. Once once he gets it all broken, then maybe if he's dumb enough, he'll let me fly it. There we go. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're not taking video of the 10-minute hovering. 
with a pitch pump or some forward flight thrown in to, to break the thing in. <laughs> Why not, but dude? Once, hey, wait, once wait. Yeah. get through the first gallon, we'll throw it around a bit. Hey, now. Hey, I've got yeah. video of pitch pumps. You trying to tell me something? <laughs> no. Whatever floats your boat. <laughs> I bet you they're really good pitch pumps. Dude, they are cleaner than you've ever seen in your life. Pitch pump the shit out of that thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Give it hell, Dan. I made that helicopter my bitch. I pitch pumped like, it. Like you stole it. Yep. Did I tell you guys that uh, there might be a custom uh, gasser, a miniature air whiplash gasser coming my way here in, here in the new, near future? What do you mean by custom? Well, you know, when you know people in high places. Oh, my God. Here, <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> Get out of my barn boots. The shit's rolling in. So I'm talking with Chris. Go ahead. I'm talking with Chris, and uh, I said, dude, how hard would it be to, like, you know, change up some of the stuff on the helicopter as far as what it says. And he goes, well, what do you mean? I, I said, would it be hard to put RCHN on the blade grips instead of Excel? And he said, well, it won't be hard, but it'll be time consuming because I'm not going to do it until I run another batch of blade grips. And I don't even know when that's going to be. I said, I'm, I'm all right with that. That's cool. And then uh, I guess we were talking the other day and we decided that it, I was thinking it was part of the Stock kit, but apparently it's the aftermarket miniature air uh, air filter, the carbon fiber air filter. Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, that says miniature aircraft on it, but this is going to have our logo on it. Oh, that's great. And then the last awesome final touch is on the boom. It's going to say RC Heli Nation. Man. (laughs) Like I said, dude. That's going to be sweet, man. it, It pays to know people in high places. See, There's the a lot of envy for with you that right is, now. You're not going to want to fly it afterwards, Dan. Are you kidding me? I'll fly it. That's what for I all do. those people that wanted to see RC Heli Nation six feet under. Oh, just wait. <laughs> It'll <laughs> happen, baby. <laughs> They'll be like, "That's perfect, dude. Look at that beat yeah. up RC Heli Nation helicopter, yeah, all busted and <laughs> got a little little gangster walk to it." Yep, that's us. Perfect. <laughs> That'll be sweet. Now I don't know when that's going to happen, guys, but. You know, I've been talking with Chris about it, and he seems to think we can make it happen. So that'll be great. Definitely let you guys know about it if that happens. Nice. That's pretty good stuff, man. This twisted iced tea. It's it hasn't all of our sunshine went away here once again. So uh, it's kind of hard to drink iced tea and feel all even if, <laughs> even if it's got liquor in it, dude. Yeah, it's more drinking for sorrow. So here, wait a minute, wait so. a minute, wait. That's the key, Nick, for <laughs> sorrow. All your sunshine's gone away? Temporarily, yeah. So do you want me to give you a brief synopsis of the last nine days here? In, You're in, probably going to anyway, so go <laughs> here ahead. Here we go. <laughs> Sunny, 85. It got you know 92-ish a couple days. Zero wind. Well, five mile an hour breezes every now and again. Pretty much perfect flying conditions. Oh, <sighs> but there's... Man. There's a dark, dark, sad, sad side to that beautiful picture of weather I just painted to you guys. What? And I think I actually sent you a picture of it earlier today, Nick. Oh, yeah. That is pretty pathetic. <laughs> it's sad, dude. So let me let me paint this picture for the listeners, right? Imagine a, a big, very well monicure, monicured, manicured, five-acre, flat piece of land with trees and mountains in the background. And about 15 tables and all kinds of 
planker startup. What the hell they call those things? Sawhorses? I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, those dumb things where they put the planes up. Yeah, where the the wings, they tie the wings down and then they get behind them and grease them up and do what they do to them. Do what they do. (laughs) Anyway, and I took a picture, right? And I should probably put it on. I should put it on Facebook. It's awesome. So we got a picture. You can see the whole row of tables, the trees in the background. And I took this picture of two helicopters, you know, a nitro can, and that's it. Completely empty. Not a soul. And it, it's sad. Do you want to know why no one shows up to my field? Why? Because everybody at my field hates everybody else too much to come enjoy the hobby <laughs> sounds like a family reunion it does uh-huh. dude it's 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 horrible it's uh, no one shows up what is it the standard drama crap that goes around oh you know yeah it's the arguing with everybody because that's all that's all we know how to do they show up they argue one or two of them might fly for five minutes <laughs> and then they leave planks so. versus helis or no no just just topic just old people mad at each other because just stupid planks arguing with stupid planks. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Just a bunch of nonsense. But anyway, Nick, I think it's time for some news. Let's do some news. This is Pinion for helipros.com. You know, sometimes Pinion is out practicing his low altitude crop circles, or maybe even some low altitude smack with a little 3D thrown in for good measure. Or maybe even an epic skid bump, and things go awry. And I break a part, or two, on my precious heli. That is when I need helipros.com to come through for me. Because not only do they have great prices, but they have the parts in stock and can deliver them quickly, so that I can get back in the air as quickly as possible. And for this, Pinion is eternally grateful. Remember my friends, helipros fly hard because Helipros has the parts. Yes. This week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. What do you got, Nick? So so last week, Tarek had posted up the big announcement about leaving SAB and leaving Outrage. Well, now, so there was kind of a, a little bit of a, a wonder like, oh, okay, well, maybe it's religious reasons. Maybe he just, you know, is getting a little bit burnout in the hobby. Maybe he wants to take some time off. Uh, yeah, no, not the case. Uh, the the turmoil is just, it's festering now. It everybody's, is. yeah, everybody's just like, oh, they're just slobbering wanting to know what's going on. He put <laughs> some pictures up. He got like 10 kits it's just the pictures of the cardboard boxes. He put some other pictures up on Facebook of um, of some of some V bars, some CGY seven fifties. I mean, the guy is stocking up for like Heli World War Four <laughs> Armageddon. Uh, yeah, or like a week of flying for him. But yeah. it's <laughs> no one no one knows All what right. the what the airframes are. Theory time. Theory time. We're each going to okay. go through our theories. What do you think it is, Nick? I'm, I, I got this really weird hunch that he is going to be debuting the Proto 700. Yeah, I think you're wrong. You think, you think so? <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. All right, so here's the deal. Here's, here's my theory. And uh, don't let me forget, I got called out by a listener 
when uh, a few episodes ago, and don't let me forget to talk about that because I want to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, I got an email from a guy. So my theory, my theory is I've actually developed two theories. Let me give you the first one first. The first one is a line. Now, a lot of people go, what are you talking about? First of all, the line's got the money. They can they yeah. can they can say he, he he wants to change something. They've got the money. They don't really have a, a solid lead designer right now, and they've just got the bankroll to make the changes that maybe he wants to see made. Yeah, I could see that. But since we've talked last time, I've actually kind of developed an alternate theory that has to do with something you mentioned, actually, Nick. You have all these uh, Turek edition motors and pipes and yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. What if it's his own line of helicopters? Oh, you, know. you stole my idea. <laughs> I'm sitting back here waiting patiently, thinking no one's going to think of this. I'm going to throw the crazy one out there. Dan got it. So, Justin, I stole your thunder a little bit there, huh? Did a little cock blocking on some theory you action? You did. You cock blocked me. All right. Well, go see if you can expound on it. I mean, what? why do you think that? Well, okay, so here's a thought. I don't I haven't put a lot of thought behind it, but my reasoning is because everyone else is doing it. Yeah. I mean, in the last year, what's it been? The last year, year and a half, there have been so many new helis that have come out. Different uh, designers have changed companies, new companies coming out, new concepts. Why uh why not? I mean, Tarek, he's he's a great pilot. Um, mm-hmm. he's been around the stuff. He certainly beat the crap out of everything. Uh, so he knows the strengths and weaknesses. Uh, I bet you he could throw something great together. And let, let, let's face it. He's got the bankroll to make that happen if he wants to. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So, and people would buy it. I mean, Nick, they I can't believe you had, it. I can't believe you hadn't even considered that. No, I just got real stuck on. The, I don't know. I feel like he's gonna be the one that's gonna put Protoss back like on the map. That's why. I mean, it. Protoss has been there, but with only the five hundred out, and they got the. You know, I know they got the little Protoss four fifty out, the mini Protoss, but they still have never really come to their own and made an impact in the market. So I just kind of figured, hey, well, he would be the guy if anyone could do it. And he came aboard that team. It, it could definitely happen. Yeah, I agree. And let me just yeah, let, it, it makes sense. Let me just talk about this email just that I got it's from a listener named John. I, I just kind of wanted to talk about it. Now, when we when we were talking in episode forty three about Tariq leaving, and I just kind of said, "Well, who cares?" I mean, I, I honestly meant that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> I, I don't. It's not. It's not like. Who cares? Who I mean, who is this guy and why do we care? That's not the point. My point was, who cares that he left? I mean, is it yeah. really that critical to our hobby that he left Outrage in SME? Yeah. People switch teams all the time. Yeah, that's really all that all I was after. I wasn't trying to make it sound. I mean, the guy's got amazing talent. There's no question. You know, it's not like anyone's taking a personal stab at the guy. I mean, he's an he's an awesome individual. I've never heard anything negative about negative about him or the way that he's portrayed himself um, out in the public. So it, it's not, you know, to that listener, don't it, we're not knocking him personally. It's just that pilots switch teams all the time. 
And I, after a while, you kind of get numb to it. When you keep up on it, it's like, oh, yeah, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, he'll go here. Then he'll go there. So it was more of a of a who cares at the situation rather than who cares about Tarek as a person. Yeah, and let me also add, too, you know, one of my biggest, I guess I've said it all along, you know, we are the hobby. Us, 99.9% of us out here that are just everyday flyers. We make up the hobby. This is our hobby. Yep. These these big name guys, they're few and far between and advertise or manufacturers use these guys to sell products. Yeah, there's so many ab- just stunning pilots out there that could probably go up against the top 10, you know, quote unquote popular pilots. And give them one heck of a run for their money, if not beat them all. And, but it, no, yeah. and no one cares what they fly. Not at all. No nope. one cares what they fly and no one cares who they are because they don't have that big name that goes along with them. It's and, advertising, people. That's the name of the game. Yeah. So no anyway, one knows them outside of their own little group either. Exactly. Exactly. So anyway, we kind of got off track. Let's get back to news. What do you got next there, dude? A uh, huge congratulations goes out to Kyle Dahl for winning the 3D Masters. I was fortunate enough to kind of keep up on that 3D Masters live feed. That was awesome, Dude, by don't the you, way. Don't you work during the day? <laughs> don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> My boss might listen to the show. <laughs> Come on now. Uh, um, no, that was really cool to be able to see that. And if you guys have not gotten a chance, uh, there's going to be a link in the show notes um, on Heli Daily, they got the um, the victory flight posted. Mm-hmm. Oh my good lord! I really hope he bought that heli dinner afterwards. No kidding, because right? that logo was flogged. Yeah, at least a reach around. Yeah, yeah, courtesy <laughs> reach around. Absolutely, maybe a little back rub, a little shoulder rub, or something. So, uh, Justin, when we talked last, you'd mentioned that you hadn't seen it. Had you had a chance to see that yet? I haven't, man. Dude. I, I am guilty. I question your dedication. Serious. Yes. I, you know what, though? When, when we get done here, I'm going to go watch it. It's that good. I, I suggest you do. It's got the epic of all autos. It does. One of the coolest autos that I've ever seen. Yeah. So, blade scrapes for one thing, but tail blade scrapes are uh, my hats oh, off. Oh, nice. Yeah, I would have I shit myself and crashed a helicopter <laughs> if that happened to me in an auto. He puts on a good show, that's for sure. And, uh, I don't, you know, I don't mean to, you know, beat a dead horse, but I am shooting autos these days. And, uh, yeah. Inverted tail blade scraping ones? Tomorrow. Tomorrow? Tomorrow. Okay. Tomorrow. I had to get warmed up. <laughs> warmed He's up doing the her. skid bumps, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Little on the hard side, but, you know. <laughs> so, KDE is coming out with, um, some helical cut gears. They're going to have them out for, looks like, pretty much all the Align T-Rex series. They look pretty burly, really wide. I don't think the specs are out on them yet, but um, definitely looks wider than the Align ones. Yeah. So that's always a good upgrade for those big monster 10,000-watt motors. Holy cow. Are those 91, uh, you know, 3DSs? <laughs> yeah, I think they'll, they'll probably be all right. They'll probably be all right. So Align put out. Um, a video that Jeff Fastbinder did of um, their autopilot system, just yeah. kind of an overview on it. And then shortly thereafter, 
released the big news of the T-Rex 800E aerial photography heli. Not going to lie Very nice. I totally thought you said ass binder. I totally did. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Thanks. Yeah. You need to let more out? No, good? I'm good. <laughs> you, you good? You may continue. Okay. Why, thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah, this thing looks pretty sweet. It's just some, they actually have some pictures out. Uh, we'll have a link up to that. It looks pretty awesome. And I have a, I have a really big hunch that the aerial photography, the whole market is extremely expensive. And I completely understand that, you know, to get uh, jello out of a, out of a video, vibration is a huge concern. But this, if, if it works, if it works, it is going to really change the aerial photography and the aerial cinematography because of the, once again, they're going to come in and do what a line does and just completely chop the legs out from under everyone. And it's going to be really hard. If you can pay, you know, 1800 bucks for a heli that, that works, where's all these, you know, three, four, five thousand $5,000 platforms, what are they going to do? Yeah, especially if they have a, a gimbal, like an actual professional quality gimbal that goes along with it. Yeah. Oh, I know. That's I mean, there's a couple thousand dollars in itself. Absolutely. So we'll have to see how it goes. But it's boy, they're putting all the pieces of the puzzle puzzle together. They got, you know, they have the electronic system with GPS. Now they've got the heli. They're, they're everywhere. They are everywhere. And I got to tell you, part of me, I'm torn. I, I've, I'm afraid that I'm becoming an Align fanboy. You only have two. I know, but I love them, dude. I love them. Well, okay. So here's the deal. They, they're never going to be the fanciest, and they're never going to be the nicest, and they're never going to be the highest of quality. I mean, Justin knows... Now, because he's experienced, you know, he's putting together that gasser. I've got mine. It's a completely different thing. Like when you're putting together, let's say, miniature aircraft, uh, Kasama, TDR, Synergy, all those. You put them together, it's just a whole different experience. You feel the quality that you don't quite get. But, and there's a huge button. This is the biggest one out there. A line, it does work. It works, and for the most part, they do work day in and day out. Yeah, they have their quirks, but you know what? They all do. So I don't think it's all that bad, and quite honestly, my opinion, the models that Krauss did are still always going to be the best Align helis. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think that was, so Align, if you're listening, major dumbass move on your part. I'm calling it out right now. <laughs> Letting that guy go go into this whole, you know, 4.1 tail ratio thing. I need to run 5000 RPM to make my 700 E fly. That's a bonehead move. Yeah, yep. that's uh that's not good. That's, and there's you know, my soapbox. And and the thing too, we were talking about that with Ed's helicopter is 600 EFL. You know, you have you have to run those 104s on there to uh make up for the fact that if you're not running 2700 RPMs on that 600 yeah. And that's no okay. good for a beginner. So no, I got not. a story along those lines. I was venting to Nick about this a couple of weeks ago. I just picked up a 500, T-Rex 500, EFL oh Pro, God. fly barless, right? 
Uh, it was the first heli I ever owned. It was a T-Rex uh, 500 ESP fly barred. I loved the thing. It stuck in my head over the countless helicopters that I've gone through in the last three years. Uh, so I picked this up thinking, you know, back to old times. Um, now, before I go further, it is an awesome heli. It really is great. But it's a completely different heli. Like Nick said, they're running a low tail ratio. It's like 4.05 or 4.1. I got to run the thing at 2,900 to 3,000 RPM to get the tail to hold with regular blades. Yeah. So, and I, I'm not into the big super high head speed thing. It doesn't need to be that way. I'm used to 26, 2700 on a 500. So I'm doing an inverted, uh, uh, inverted tail down funnel about five, 10 feet off the ground here. Nice and slow, nothing crazy. I'm just relaxing. And I push the rudder around just a little too much and the tail blows out 45 degrees. And, and subsequent to that, I soiled my shorts. <laughs> it's still in one piece, but it was scary, man. Yeah. So the, the, the high head speed thing, I'm, I'm with you, Nick. Align, he called me back up. Go he back. called me up, and it was like, dude, okay, so I've, now I've got the tail all figured out. I'm, running, I'm, I'm sitting right about 3,000, but God damn, this thing's fast. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Oh, it's yeah. a rocket ship, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, good idea. Great for learning. So, God, I know we're in the news, but this really begs the question, and it's something that's been on my mind and and uh, for a while. Do you guys both yeah. think that these high head speeds that we're seeing are masking ability or lack thereof? Oh, absolutely. Yes. And you know what? I'm gonna, Justin. Do you remember the funny little story that I remember? Ah. Uh. I'm not sure which one you're talking okay. about. Okay, I'm going to Go I'm going to th I'm going to throw my good buddy under the bus. Watch it. <laughs> so here just to let you know it's coming. So I had been just tearing up and flying uh, my N5C back in the day. Uh 50 size nitro with an OS55 in it, beating it up, progressing, having a blast flying it. Justin at at that point had had moved away from nitros. And gone to electrics, and he was flying um, 700E, I do believe. And, uh, and so, logo. Oh, logo, that's right. Logo, and then I think went to a 700E after yep. that. At any rate, so I came down to Snohomish. And I was like, dude, man, you got to fly this thing. It just, oh, it's incredible. It's awesome. And we were sitting there doing flights right next to each other. So I knew everything that he was capable of. And I'm like, oh, man, the motor's on. It's just, it's tits right now. This is it. you got to fly it. And I kept bugging him, bugging him. Finally, he's like, okay, okay. okay. Oh, here it comes. <laughs> so he goes <laughs> to fly it. And it was a bog fest. <laughs> it was a gutless turd. <laughs> no, like, you're oh, right, dude. It was boggy. I was like, holy crap, man. What the hell just happened? Yeah, what's wrong with this thing? What's it, you know, doing big loops? It's just... No, you know, here's the thing, Dan. He, he flipped the busted-ass switch. I didn't know which one it was, but uh, he did that when he handed me the transmitter, and it all went to hell. But the point being is that, yeah, you get so, you get so reliant on that massive high-head speed electric power that... You know, I think you kind of lose the ability to really get in touch with the model, listen to the heli, feel the heli in the air. 
Yep, and, I agree completely. And learn and, how to fly. And coming out of that, I remember saying to myself, never again. And that was embarrassing. Um, so the on a 90-size machine, whether it's electric or nitro, to me, anywhere from 1,800 to 2,000 is more than enough, depending on the weight. Yeah. I mean, you don't need these. Now, okay, that having been said, Nick... I have another story where you and I flew back to back and did blade testing with the logo and the fusion. Yeah. And you were running that thing at 2350. 2250. No, 2350. Yeah. No, I've never Come on. ran it. No, I've never ran it at that. Okay, 2250. It was big, heavy, heli. 9.3 pounds. You got to get that RPM up. <laughs> yeah it's addicting that's that's the moral of the whole story is that the electric power is very addicting but e- either you want to fly fast or you want to learn how to fly so just p- be conscious of it okay so last thing here on the news uh there's this picture video up i, I they get an award we don't have an award for this but I, i'm gonna come up with one Mm-hmm. Just for this helicopter, it's called the ugliest goddamn thing I could ever see. Award. <laughs> it is. <laughs> this thing looks like a half mosquito special ed kind of with like a four fifty canopy on it and like eight hundred millimeter AP landing gear. It, <laughs> it's a mesh rotor turbine. It's called the KMAX. Fletner. Uh-huh. And and you know what? You're going to come up with that award. I'm going to come up with a, another award and it's going to be called You Have No Taste Therefore You Shall Die Award. <laughs> <laughs> this thing is like it must be like a Picasso thing cuz it's I mean okay, it's cool. It's a mesh rotor. Yeah. So you have two separate heads um you know rotating to where the blades don't hit each other. There's no tail rotor on it. Yeah. Um, they did some little mock work in their own electronic aboard that they then uh, like bound to a CGY 750. So it's got all sorts of stuff going on. Sounds super cool because it's a turbine. Ugly. I mean, fugly this thing is bad. And what's the purpose, really? Is it it's just to say we can do it? Absolutely. It's a technology demonstrator? What? It's, a, uh, it's modeling. Yeah, it's, it is modeling, and I give them mad props for it because I haven't seen one like this. So anybody that's out there doing anything that that you know no one else is doing, I just think it's awesome. But what they should have done <laughs> is like they they should have ran it through like isn't there a heli show or, or some sort of magazine? You know, like the girls got that whole what not to wear. Oh my god. Can, that's, can't they can't they make something for a <laughs> We should do that. We should make that I know. Show. And you know what? SAB should have gone through it too. <laughs> look, look. There you go. Super cool. Far exceeds aesthetics, dude. Yeah, no, I know. It does. I just I think it could have been a little cooler if it didn't look like that freaking dog off a cat dog cartoon. <laughs> See, it's it's like the ugly baby syndrome. The parents still think it's beautiful. That's all just count. Very so, true. Don't you hate that? By the way, <laughs> yeah. oh, what oh, do you think? He so Isn't he cute? Yeah, I mean, so I've got my first kid coming up here in the next three or four months, 
and maybe it's going to change when the thing pops out, but I'll tell you what, I think I can be honest enough with myself. If my baby's ugly, I'm not going to try to cover it up. And, and let me just save you a little bit of time. When, when you're, you don't even have to send me a picture, no, it's, it's not cute. It's a baby. <laughs> because it's a baby, right? <laughs> Dude, when babies come out, they look like little nasty aliens. <laughs> <laughs> and I know this, this because I'm everyone, a nurse. Yeah. I'm and a this nurse. is why we fly helicopters. <laughs> I'm a nurse. I've been there. I've helped. And uh, it's, it's, it's a horrifying process that that just should men should not be allowed in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I will keep that in mind. That so Dan's voice is going to be going through my head as I look. I should never, never be here. You're never going to look at your wife the same. Yep, that's what oh, I hear. <laughs> so gonna, now that we've completely butchered the news, <laughs> meanwhile back on the ranch. Yeah, Alrighty. I'm good. That's it. That's all I got. Alrighty, guys, this has been your news by helidaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. So, Dan, uh, we've been talking a lot about nitros. I'm thinking I might want to get one. Oh, yeah? What are you thinking about? I was thinking about that Velocity N2. Yeah, that's a that sounds like a pretty good helicopter. You know, Bert's been making a lot of great changes over there, in particular that main gear that a lot of people were complaining about. They've got a new one, so I, I think if you take a close look at that helicopter, I think you might find product that you really like there, man. Sweet. I'll check it out. Outrage N2, available at a hobby shop near you. All right, so we decided what we would do is we'd get Justin on because he's uh, got a little bit of expertise when it comes to crazy weird. He's like that guy you would see on like uh, Jeopardy. That would just know the answer to just fucking weird, <laughs> like, random shit. Yeah, like everything. Everybody else yeah. is standing there like, who is this it's guy? Like, you're sitting there and you're like watching it with your friends. You're like, how in the hell does somebody know that? <laughs> yeah. Except for the fact I wouldn't have one of the stupid stories that they always tell in the commercial break. Oh, yeah. Your story have would you be Have you ever like, heard what? a normal story? No, they're all... They're all pretty... I'm pretty sure your story would probably be pretty geeky, too. All right. Yeah, I admit it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, you can't get that smart without just being... Hanging your geek out. <laughs> yeah, I've got a big shit. confession. I've got a huge confession to make, everybody. Justin is like... He's like my my personal Wikipedia and Google. Man, he's just... He's awesome. I, I love it. I can text him at any time. You know, I've kind of come from a background of a lot of hands-on experience i've been fortunate enough to work on a lot of different projects and design and stuff but this guy when it comes down to the hard physics questions uh that i i need some some real technical backing on you just can't even get him to flinch it pisses me off so what nick is telling you for all of you people who have pm nick and sent him emails it's not really nick who answered those <laughs> questions <laughs> So next no, time we, you send Nick one of those questions, say, "Hey, uh, can you ask your bus your your buddy Justin, um, <laughs> you know, whatever?" And insert question here. Hey, <laughs> you're you're killing my limelight here. <laughs> someone someone has to shine the light of truth upon you. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> anyway. So we're gonna talk. We're just gonna just kind of randomly kind of come up with some topics. 
and we're just going to discuss them to kind of see what happens. So let me start off with, I actually was at, when I was at Heli Pros, I got into a bit of a topic that I really had no clue. And so I didn't, I, <laughs> I just backed up and left. I mean, cause I was like, you know what? I have no, I mean, I know they work. I have no idea how they work. Gyros. Okay. We were all, these two guys were sitting there. Of course we were all drunk. You know, it's like when you're sitting around and you're wondering if C-A-T really spells dog kind of conversation. <laughs> that is the best time to discuss. And everyone turns topics. into a scientist. And, everyone, and you're, you've, you're solving the world's ills and and just just peace and harmony abound. Oh, yeah. Anyway, we're talking about gyros. And, the, and we're like, and the guy's like, so how does it know? I mean, like. So it's sitting there, and the helicopter tail turns one way. What moves inside of there? How does it know? Something's got to move, dude. How does it know? So how can you? Is there is there a basic answer? Is there a simple answer? How does yeah, a gyro work? A simple answer. I mean, there there are all sorts of different types of gyros. There are mechanical gyros from way back, uh, which actually had a mass inside there. Uh, the ones that we use now are. Uh, electrical. They're what most people would refer to as MEMS gyros, um, which is a microelectromechanical system or, or, or device. And basically, the basic idea without getting into the details is that there's a little element in there that's very sensitive to movement. And when the heli moves in one direction or another, it will respond differently. Uh, depending on the rate at which the heli moves, and it sends that signal then to your favorite fly barless system, and the fly barless system makes some quick decisions as to what to do next. So, like a like a a, a level, a bubble level. I mean, nothing's moving in there, right? It's all electrical signals. Yeah, a bubble level. That yeah, that's a that's a good analogy. In in reality, there's actually a little tiny vibrating structure inside of the gyro, and when the heli moves, uh, that vibration changes ever so slightly, and that's a signal that's then sent to your flybarless controller. But the bubble level is the same exact idea, um, except it's your eyes that are looking at the level and then readjusting the situation to get it to stay where you want instead of the actual. Uh, fly barless system itself. So that's a that's that's a pretty basic, uh, I guess, explanation. But it it kind of clears up some things because I, I always I just because was thinking it was just electrical impulses and I, I mean I, and I didn't have a clue when these two guys were talking to me about this. So I left it. I just kind of left it to be. So moving See, on. It's time you can you can start the conversation and teach everyone. <sighs> You don't want that. Dude, I'm real bad with facts. <laughs> I have a tendency to make them up. <laughs> Worse after a couple of beers, I bet. I bet, yeah. It makes better. Ask Nick. He'll tell you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so looking at the hobby, coming into it as an engineer. Yep. You must, um, you must have a unique perspective compared to those of us like me who has never – I mean, when I, we talked about this a few episodes ago. We get that first helicopter, and it's just so cool. It's just this amazing little group of parts that work together. And we don't know why they work together or how they're supposed to work, but they do. And it's just amazing. But coming to, coming to it from your perspective, where you're used to dealing with 
facts and figures and moving parts and how they all work together. You must have a different take on all that. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's uh, well, it's still just as much fun, but to me, it's it's one nerdgasm after another. <laughs> um, I, I look at the stuff, and it's all the stuff that I learned in school. It's the concepts that I deal with on a regular basis in my professional life. Um, it's great. Uh, you know, it's it's um, it's a constant opportunity for learning. Mm-hmm. Um, for expanding your knowledge and also for teaching people. I, I really enjoy being able to sit down with someone who's interested in learning uh, and, and teaching them a little bit more about the technical side of things if that's what they're interested in. Is it frustrating yeah. for you, though? Yeah, there, there are some frustrating por- parts about it, actually. Um, in particular, the whole, the whole cloning issue is, is frustrating to me. You know, as an engineer, there are few things that are more exciting professionally than seeing your your unique idea come to life um, in the flesh. And so, uh, I, I think a lot of engineers take it personally when they see, and rightfully so, take it personally when they see their design being copied. Um, is it flattering? Yeah, maybe a little bit. But at the end of the day. Um, no pun intended, but this isn't rocket science. And I know I may catch some crap for that. I'm, I'm not poking at the people who are out there doing the hard work. All you guys, Kraus, Bodos, all those guys that are working on the designs and coming up with new stuff, um, that's, that's the way it should be. Uh, but these guys that want to take those designs and then turn them around really quick and make a buck without putting thought into it, that's, that's aggravating to me. So we, that's, that's kind of a hot topic. I mean, a lot of people, you know, hmm, let, let, let's, how do we approach this? Um, you know, from a cost perspective, a lot yep. of people can appreciate, well, you know, let's face it, it. I've said it before. It's an expensive hobby. There's no it question. Is. What are your thoughts on, you see a ton of aligned clones and the reason you see that is because there's a ton of lines out there. Parts are easy to get. So I'm gathering that you have pretty much a negative. I mean, uh, I'm guessing you don't have any uh, clone helicopters in your fleet. No, I do not. And uh, that's just purely from a. I mean, I mean, what what do you how, how what do you tell those people that that uh, don't necessarily have the budget, but yet they can go ahead and, and buy a $200 clone of a 600 EFL. So, okay, that you hit on a really good point. The clones definitely do something for the hobby in terms of getting people in that would otherwise not be able to afford it or would be scared away by the price. And so to that end, I think they're a valuable uh, aspect. Um, But the hope is that once someone gets excited about it, they try out their clone, uh, they're going to realize that more often than not, the quality's not there, and they're going to want something more. And when they make that next step up, let's go with a bigger company. Let's go with a line. Let's go with Minair or Synergy or you know any of the a number of great companies out there. All of them are that that put out quality and unique designs. Yeah, and I think that happens a lot. I think. A person starts out with a clone, but every time they crash it, they replace it with aligned parts. And I know we're talking aligned because, I mean, there are a few other clones out there. The Frenzy is a clone of JR Vibe, essentially. Yep. Um, those 
those people end up replacing it. I don't know, dude. I, I really have a mixed feeling because I do think that clones allow people to get into the hobby less expensively. I agree completely. Um, and and from my, it, you know, I'll admit it. When I first started out, I was looking into maybe even building a 500 clone because this was my first big hobby where it, it was considered expensive. Um, and so I'm thinking, wow, you know, 800 bucks to put in a line 500 together, that's pricey. If I go with brand B, though, I can get it for a couple hundred dollars cheaper. So, uh, you know, I, I've been there before. I, I haven't actually owned a clone myself, but that's because I decided I wanted to go with the real thing. It's to each his own. My, my personal issue with clones is from an engineering perspective. It's, you know, again, it's not rocket science. Sit down, do some work. You're going to come up with a design uh, that's reasonable. They, there's never going to be a design out there that's so completely different from all the others because the industry's been around long enough to the point where we know what works and we know what doesn't work for the most part. But that doesn't mean you can't put your own personal twist on it without stealing someone else's work. I, I kind of I have to agree with you. I mean... In, in that aspect, and I can appreciate that. I can imagine that's frustrating as hell for those those guys that are building this shit. And then uh, you know, you do you do you you've seen the DFC head on the line, right? I have, yeah. You, you know what DFC stands for? No, what does it stand for? Uh, direct from Compass. Seriously? Oh, oh yeah, that's exactly what. <laughs> no it <stands> way. For. <laughs> oh, I feel a little dirty now. I got one on my. 500 <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh it's a tough i mean I, I don't know if you look at like okay take profit on kits is pretty bad it's pretty poor there's not much profit in the kits the majority of the profit on from a marketing standpoint is in the parts so someone buys a let's say an 80 dollar clone kit and and the first thing that they do is they start going and buying line parts now they're not buying compass parts or Minair parts or synergy parts or, or whoever else. So I and seems like most of the people that go through the clone thing, they only do it once. And I, once yeah. they do it once, they've ended up with three quarters of an line heli. They've spent all that same amount of dollars on that clone that they would have if they just would have bought a full line kit to begin with so in theory a line probably actually profited a little bit more money by them buying a clone yeah and then That's they buy an align the second go around because they're hooked and now they can't give it up yep yeah i mean they're so that's yeah does it make it right well, no but i also think that's why okay so look at it like this a line hat if anyone in this hobby has the money to fight clones it would be a line. Mm -hmm. Yep. They they have the financial backing, yet they don't. Yeah. They don't go fight. They don't put up any fight. They'll sit there and piss and moan on Heli Freak, you know, because <laughs> of the <laughs> yeah. of the naming on a forum and they don't want to be associated with them, yet they don't put any effort into into fighting direct, blatant, just shameless cloning. Well, and I think, Nick, you hit on it a couple of sentences ago, and it's because of how big of a company they are, how much financial backing they've got. Um, they, uh, they know that they own the market in terms of RC helis, 
and mm-hmm. they know that more often than not, at the level that they're at, the clones are probably going to serve more as advertising than anything else. It's almost like a gateway drug. It is. Whereas no, it is. smaller companies that are still struggling to get the name out there and get a, a strong following and get kits out into the public, when those guys get their helis cloned, it can be catastrophic. Yeah. But you know what? I, I, I still think it goes back to clones notwithstanding, buy cheap, buy twice. How yeah. many times have you learned that since you started in the hobby? Oh, yeah. No, I agree. I completely agree. Very rarely do you come across something where you find, you know, a more economical version that's just as good, if not better. It does happen. I mean, I'm not saying it can't happen. Uh, well, shoot, like Gen's Ace is a great example. <laughs> you know, not many people buying them Thunder Power batteries anymore at the prices they Oh, want. yeah. So, yeah, that's not really cloning, though. No, and let me give you guys, let me relate a story to you guys. Now, this is a, uh, a guy I met down in Gillette. Got his hands on a clone, a 700 clone. And he proceeded to build it. And as it turns out, as he was building it, he kept finding all these little anomalies. There we go. See, I knew I'd be able to get that word in. Anomalies. And um, turns out, now, he is, um, it's Troy, who I'm talking about down there in Gillette. He's a pretty good flyer. Basically. A hard sport flyer you know, with, with mild, you know, beginning 3D type stuff. Um, and he's maybe being a little picky, but he's, he's also concerned rightfully. So I think that perhaps some of these parts in this clone aren't going to be able to hold up. So he's essentially, yeah, he started with a clone, but, uh, he's got quite a few aligned parts on the way and is putting quite a few aligned parts into the initial build just to avoid any potential problems. And mainly we're talking about stuff that is little like um you know links you know stuff that might be a little brittle main gears stuff like that and uh he's running into a few issues with some slop here and there you know typical as i guess you would find in a clone but um i guess what i'm getting at is he's kind of preempting that i'm gonna go ahead and just fly this until it crashes and then replace it with a line shit he's he's already gonna basically build a clone but replace few key things, a few key things. Yeah. See, and, and now you hit on a good point there, Dan, which is another one of my soapbox things or aggravating things is what clones don't do well for the hobby is mass produce sub, uh, subpar quality parts. Even though it looks the same as the one that a line or one of the other companies makes, it's made with poor quality material or the tolerances aren't as as uh, good as the real thing and that could end up resulting in uh, crashes which is unfortunate for the person who loses the heli but but more importantly it could be a safety issue um, if if one of those clone parts results in a crash that injures someone or damages someone's property First of all, that's terrible. We never want that to happen. Safety should be first. And second of all, that's bad for the hobby. Yeah. That's not the kind of publicity we want to be getting. That is very true. That is very true. Everybody kind of has their opinion on uh, clones, and I suggest you go with what your gut feeling says. Uh, no one no one can really tell you. You're the captain of your own ship. 
be safe with it if you're going to do it, I guess is the key. Yeah. Yep. So let me ask you, let's change gears. Let's, let's, I want to ask you about carbon blades. Okay. And, um, specifically, do they wear out? Does carbon wear out? And let me ask you why, let me tell you why I'm asking you that question. I've got a 600 with a ton of flights, 400 or so flights. I'm noticing the blades are starting to change, not the finish, right? Okay. And so I was flying these blades and I was thinking to myself, do these wear out? So interesting question. I mean, it depends on the type of carbon fiber you use. Most carbon fiber nowadays uses an adhesive in it. You know, it's, it's a cloth and then that's impregnated with an epoxy type resin. Um, the epoxy or the resin that they use sometimes is not stabilized against UV radiation, so like sunlight. And if it's exposed for long enough, I believe it can, in fact, break down or change properties. Um, I, I don't know whether the blade manufacturers use that. I would imagine that they would use the stabilized stuff, given that we're flying out in the weather. Right. Uh, but it's hard to say. Um, it also could be, you know, do, do you fly in a sandy or sort of a... a a dirty or rocky area. Maybe you're getting some stuff um, after a number of flights brushing over the surface. Yeah, you know what I figured I'd do so I don't have to wonder about that? I figured I'd just crash the 600 and get new blades. That is <laughs> a really good way to do it. I was wondering, you said 400 flights, no crashes. Good on you, man. Well, there's, you know, that's a two, yeah, it is good. But here's here's the deal. When you don't ever push yourself, you have a tendency to never crash. Ah, uh, yes. So the plateau syndrome. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's good that I hadn't crashed, but it's also bad that I hadn't crashed because that means I wasn't ever doing anything extra. I wasn't right. ever stepping out of my comfort zone. So you know, <laughs> I I I never really considered the uh, the fact that blades could wear out because you never really no one ever talks about the shelf life of a blade because generally they don't last that long. Right. And so I was just kind of wondering, you know, as, as I was looking and wanting, you know, wiping the blades down, I'm like, God, they just don't, they feel rough right there for whatever reason. But all them big Does it look stinking crack? bugs. All those, all those nasty big, Montana dude. Bugs. There you go, Nick. Dude. The bugs. Hey, look, let me, okay. I've been to Washington. I know what kind of... You guys have beetles over there that are bigger than cats. But they don't fly. They do fly. Yeah, you can't fly in the rain around here. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, the blades are not cracked. They're not cracked. Um, and they're they're probably fine. I mean, I was just wondering... You know, you just wondered about these odd things every now and again. And uh, I never, like I said, considered wearing out a set of blades. Ever. But uh, I'm starting to push myself now, so you get, you guys might be hearing about a crash here soon. That's good. That's Everyone needs happens. one ever so often. Yeah, that 600, never been crashed, ever. Oh, God, you just said it. Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> over. You just drove the last <laughs> nail in your own uh, coffin. Dude. You've been holding on to the hammer for quite a while, but you That's just it. said it. It's done. It's I've done. said it before, though, man. I've said it before. Next Get out ten the target flights. bag. Mark my words. Next ten flights. Oh, how much you wanna you wanna bet a set of blades on it? 
I, I, yeah, I'll bet a set of blades on it. Ooh. Ooh. Hey, I got some good news, too. Uh, speaking of, you know, I, I kept telling Nick, I'm like, God damn, dude, I'm going to have to. Because, see, look, I've got this. It's typical. A lot of people have this issue. They go to a fun fly. They're not real, you know. They they're not really used to flying around people they don't know, so they get nervous, right? And I, and I suffer from that drastically. So I've been to a couple of fun flies with Nick, and and I get super nervous. And it's not because Nick's there; it's because there's all these other people that are there. And um, so I kept threatening to get a video of some flights, mm-hmm. so Nick could actually see that. Yeah, I am doing these things. Because when he sees me fly at a fun fly, it's like, <laughs> you know, like right? Handshaking. So yeah, but everyone flies like that. It's it's horrible. It's horrible. We all. I think. I don't think anyone goes out to a fun fly and flies at their full potential. I don't. I mean, I might have a couple moments, but and you might not have a clue. You're sitting there thinking, "Oh man, gosh, she's out there," you know, just flying away, and I'm petrified. Just because you don't know doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Well, let me tell you guys yep. something because I think Nick's being a little—he's uh, being uh, bashful about his flying. Now he—he's sitting here and he's telling me that he doesn't fly to the best of his abilities at a fun fly. No. And I've watched Nick fly, and let me tell you—you you know, you've got a couple different kinds of flyers out there. You've got the guys who just kind of react to what the helicopter's doing, and we call those people stick bangers, right? They're, nothing they do looks intentional or transitional. But when Nick is flying, and uh, go ahead and get your red face on, <laughs> because when Nick is flying, everything he does, and, and Justin, I'm sure you can attest to this, is, and Jesse, the same thing, is very deliberate. And like fully controlled. It's like every, every transition is like setting up for the next thing. And it's not like he's just reacting to what the helicopter is doing. It's like he's intentionally doing this so then he can go do that. And that yep. is incredible. That's, that's awesome flying. We fly up, up here. Our style up here in the words of opinion would be the smooth 3D. The smooth 3D. Yeah, we're just, I'm not a big stick banger. I mean, it, it's kind of weird. This last week I've actually settled, which to some people it's just like, oh, oh my gosh, I can't, oh, I can't even fathom. How does it even fly? I, I've settled bouncing back and forth between 2000 and 2050 RPM on my whiplash. Yeah. It's 11 and three quarter pounds. Good. It's perfect. It's very controlled, still has plenty of power. Provides everything that I need. I enjoy the. I enjoy progressing with my flying, not wowing with my flying. You know, I just like to do stuff and learn how to do it clean. Um, you know, it's not always the greatest, but I. I don't know. Do you remember Nick when uh, we were at Othello and I watched you fly? And when you landed, I said, "Do you ever just like?" When you're flying, you're like going, oh, here it goes. It's going in. It's going in. But it doesn't. Oh, and you said yeah. to me, dude, that's the whole flight. That's it. Yep. <laughs> absolutely. Everything. Because I, I, I do push. I mean, you watch, man, Jesse's just the one that is just blowing me away. I mean, he's passed me up now. I finally come to terms with it about the last <laughs> two to three weeks. It you, was all. You want I should put a bullet in his head? 
Uh, yeah, <laughs> Mega, this man, he needs to go away. See, that blew me away when you said that last week, Nick. I haven't seen Jesse fly in a while. Oh, Dude. smooth, like, get out the Velveeta smooth, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah, the kid can fly. He's re- he's super smooth, and it's that's kind of how we've always worked on stuff up here. It's not just banging through it, but really learning how to do it. And quite frankly, I think a lot of it is because we still both rotate nitros into it. He's still flying my old N5. That's it's a big deal. Yeah. It, it it's it's a pleasure to watch. I mean, you know, we uh we gave our target bag uh, award recipient some shit. <laughs> uh, of course, I'm talking about Mike Fort and he was at the Helipros Fun Fly. And uh I'm not going to I'm not going to deny the fact that the guy can throw a helicopter around. Oh yeah. But in my mind, that's what he's doing. He's throwing it around and he he reacts to what it's doing instead of deciding what it should do. Does that make sense? Well, I think the best way to put it, uh, I think, is, okay, you can do a maneuver, but can you do it at multiple different speeds and move that maneuver across the sky and then back? And that was something that someone told me once. No, you cannot. You know, I, I made the comment like, okay, well, oh, yeah, it's awesome. I can finally do paraflip. And someone said, oh, so, so you can do them sustained in one spot. You can move them to the left. You can move them to the right. You can increase the altitude or you can go back down and put them on the deck. Oh, well, y- you know, I mean, no, they're just kind of getting. <laughs> so then, no, you can't do paraflips yet. And, and in that, other words, are you in control of the move? Yes. Are you in control of the move? And I think that's what a lot of people have gotten away from. That used to be the way people flew. I mean, man, you flip up on YouTube and go to some of like Krause's old videos. Yeah. Oh, man, it was just Silky so smooth. smooth. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, he could put that same maneuver off his left shoulder, off his right shoulder. I mean, it didn't matter where it was. But a lot of the guys now, it's just... Let's see how cool of a single move I can do right now. And then I'm going to go power 10,000 watts through the next maneuver just to make it fast and cool. But they're just kind of going through the motions. They really can't fly that maneuver. But you want to know what's sweet, Nick, is when you see a guy that can do that, but he can also add in some of that impressive stick banging. And I'm talking about... Whistling ears. Oh, whistling ears. Yes. Justin knows whistling ears. He just doesn't know him by that name. <laughs> no, I don't. Kenny McDonald. Kenny McDonald. Oh, Kenny. Yes. Oh, man. The dude, Justin, yeah. You haven't seen his, his new, I'll call it, it's not really his new style, but his added style. He's, he's not the same kid that we used to know. It's just... It's jaw-dropping now. Everything is done in both directions. So oh, man. anything that he did before, he does it both directions with reversals. It's just, it's kind of sickening, really. The guy has raw talent. Just, I mean, pick up the transmitter and do whatever he wants to do. And he that, doesn't even think about it. Yeah, and that's, that is nice because everything he's doing, he's deliberately doing it. 
but he's he's adding that wow factor to it. Yeah. Which is very nice to see. I love watching that kind of stuff when it's when you can tell it's intentional. And mm-hmm. uh that's the difference between a stick banger and, and a and one of these guys that uh could compete. You know. Maybe not yeah. win, but could compete. Yep. Contender. Well, there's a lot of people that could go fly at XFC and be close to the top of XFC, but that wouldn't have a chance at 3D Masters. Exactly. Yep. Because yeah. one just looks cool, and one really is cool. So one last... <laughs> I like that one, Nick. <laughs> one last thing I want to talk about is um, Justin Nitro or Electric? Electric. Have and then ever- a gasser with an asterisk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Have you sworn away nitros or had you played with them in the past or what's the deal there? Yeah, I, no, I haven't sworn away nitros. There may still be one in my future. Um, but uh, up until I got the gasser, I had been all electric for probably the last year and a half or so. Uh, you know, I I started out with nitros as my bigger birds, the 600 and the 700. My first six and 700s were nitros. They're a lot of fun. Um I think I, I had a couple of uh, bad experiences with tuning. I had, you know, your box standard OS 50 uh, rear bearing problems. And at the time, I was still inexperienced and new to the whole thing and getting frustrated. And I said, you know what? Screw it. I just want something that works. I'm being impatient and impulsive. Let's go back to electric. And I kind of didn't look back from there. Uh, over the last year and a half. All right. The thing I want to talk about, I guess, uh, you know, I, I've switched to this 700 and I'm having some, I've got a tune on there, which I believe is really rich, but I'm, I'm afraid to lean it out. So let Nick, let's talk a little bit about, I know we've done it before, but now that I'm doing it, I'm actually interested in learning about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's talk a, bit, a little bit about for those of us who are who are going from like an OS fifty or something with a single needle to a, du- a double needle, now we talked a little bit the other day about um, tuning for the high first, and then and then just making sure. And you actually said something in a conversation we were having how a tune for you, uh, and then if like if you tuned it to your flying ability and then handed it over to me, it's not going to be tuned for me for my flying. Yeah. Okay, so the problem I'm experiencing is I'm not comfortable with where the mid is. Now, I'm, do, I'm trying to do what you told me to do, and that is to do a big loop and then do a climb out and then you know, hit throttle hold and listen. For the high, yeah. So, and that's for the high needle? Yep. Okay, so. Yeah, what a- you're trying to do is go full collective in those loops and I mean, you're putting maximum load on the motor up through those loops. And on the, you know, if the loop's coming from your right, let's say it's coming from your right to your left. Mm-hmm. So at the six o'clock position, um, as you start up into that loop, roll in full collective and just pull back on the cyclic and listen to it as it goes up through that loop. You should hear a nice, good, constant tone. And we're working the motor there. In theory, we're working it as hard as we can possibly work it. Do a couple of those consecutively. And then I at at the bottom of say the second or the third one, 
Then I'll just go ahead and do a straight up punch out. Again, listen to it, listen for the tone, watch the smoke, and then hit throttle hold at the top. You'll hear it kind of do that two-stroke, hanging on the pipe a little bit if it's too lean. And if it's, if it's too rich, it'll actually just drop right back down to an idle. Um, the difference there is that if, how does it sound on the climb out? If it sounds a good, solid, constant tone when you're climbing out and the idle drops back down when you hit throttle hold, then you're good. Just leave it there. But if it sounds, if it's da- if it sounds, you know, kind of just, uh, if it doesn't have the power, sounds kind of boggy, you get a little bit of weird kind of gurgling or something on the punch out, uh, then you're then you're on the rich end. And I'll even double check that by doing that punch out, um, hitting throttle hold, listening to it, and then immediately bringing it down as fast as possible, setting it on the ground and reaching over there and checking the button temperature on the bottom. Just to confirm, I mean, if you think it's rich, okay, it sounds gurgly, doesn't have the power I think it should have, hit throttle hold, idle drops back down, okay, so that would kind of insinuate, yes, I'm probably rich, bring it down, check the temperature, yes, it's ice cold on the button, okay, now I'm rich. So you just try and, always try and go at something and, and find two different ways to prove the same thing if you can. Well, see, here's the here's my confusion in this whole process is um, I'm I'm doing that and I'm getting I'm not getting a clean off the throttle sound when I hit throttle hold. Mm-hmm. I'm not when I get it down to the ground. It's not warm. Is it possible that the mid is bleeding into the high? Oh, they all work together. Yeah, there's no question they all work together. Probably the biggest mistake that you can do when, again, we're trying to combine everything all into one to come up with a conclusion. And one of the mistakes that, I mean, I've even talked about it on the show that I have done is making sure that your idle is dead on there too. So as you come up and you start leaning out the high um, and getting your, your tune, you know, quote unquote, close to where you think it might be, Make sure you've gone back and rechecked your idle. Make sure that your clutch is not dragging at all in throttle hold. Because if it is, if your idle's too high and your clutch is dragging a little bit, when you go up there and you hit throttle hold, even though you might be rich, it will cause the um, motor to spin just a little bit, and you'll still get that same kind of two-stroking sound. Okay, so so if you have your throttle hold set, maybe it's not quite matched your idle trim. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get that sound. Is what you're well, doing. it's it's all based on at what RPM your clutch kicks in at. You know, like you take a 600. Now, so okay, there's a good example. If you're coming from a 600, um, an aligned 600 with a stock factory clutch, oh my god, those things you have to rev the piss out of them to get the clutch to start engaging. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, big time, like half throttle, one of those. And then all of a sudden they start kicking in. So there's a lot of forgiveness there. But on the 700s, I've actually had problems on the other end of the scale with they're dragging at a very, very low idle. So, I mean, just double check and make sure that your idle, whatever it is, is slightly under where your clutch is dragging. And if that's too high, then you can still come down with it, obviously. But just make sure that it's not too high. That's, I mean, my 700 is so close right in there that that's actually kind of how I adjust my idle is just get it to where the blades are spinning and then start backing it down a little bit, backing it down a little bit. Okay, they quit spinning. That's where I'll leave it. Because I usually run 
about 2% in higher in my throttle hold. So it'll be like a plus 2% just to, just because that way, depending on temperature in the morning, I don't, I don't mess with retuning my idle circuit. Right. If it's cold in the morning, hot in the middle of the day, usually that extra 2% on throttle hold, all we're trying to do is just to make sure that it doesn't die when you hit throttle hold when you're working on your inverted pair of flipping autos. <laughs> yeah. So that leads me to one more question, and then mm-hmm. we'll move. We'll uh, probably wrap the show up. We're getting kind of close to the end here. Is it possible? Okay, I'm, I'm thinking that my flight times are short. Um, and I don't have a time for you because I don't time nitro flights. I just mm-hmm. go. Is it possible if you're running way too rich in the mid that your flight time is going to be cut down drastically? Drastically. Oh, yeah. Huge. Significant. Minutes. So how do I determine, what do I look for? Right now you have me convinced that I have my high a little too lean based on what I'm hearing and when I hit throttle hold. Barring two things and Tomorrow evening, I'll check it. But um, barring the, the idle, uh, I think might be a little on the high side. And it might be grabbing, the clutch might be grabbing. What do you look for for the mid? Now, now keep in mind, this is for somebody who is not as advanced as you that can't do aileron TikToks like you were talking about. What, what can we do to see make sure we're not running too rich in the mid? Well, the... Easiest and biggest thing, and, and again, you, if you're going to tune this way, you have to be aware of your skill set and where that you have tuned it this way. You can just cruise and sport fly it around. The majority of your flying, I, I would bet you that probably 90% of your flying is in the mid-range. Now, I mean, yes, your high needle will affect that a little bit, but most sport flyers spend 90% of the time in their mid-range. So it's going to be the most important one. And when you set the high like that, then you can come back and check the mid. Just cruise it around. I mean, nice sport flying, no full collective stuff, no banging the sticks around, but just do that and bring it. I personally will listen to it as it's flying by. Should have a nice constant tone. Bring it down, check the temperature. I stick my finger up underneath on the button, I just, with a 90 size motor, I just go for warm. I don't really try on the mid range, you know, like in your situation, I wouldn't try and sneak it up there. And this is kind of like what you were referring to where the tune would be different, uh, would be different. The mid range tune between you and like, you know, Alan Zabo is going to be a lot different on the mid range because he's going to sit the mid range. He's going to, load the mid-range as hard as he can, which would be like an aileron TikTok. You're still in the same needle or, or in the same jet or needle in the carburetor, but you can work it harder before you've quite gotten all the way into the high needle yet. So he's going to run his a little bit leaner than you would because, or excuse me, a little bit richer than you would because he's going to be able to work it a little bit harder and get it and push that mid-range a little bit farther. But just, you know, sport fly it around um, and, and check the temperature. That's Truthfully, that's how I would set it for a regular sport flyer. So just keep bringing it back down. Okay, reach under there. Just get to where you start building some warm temperature. You know, some people do the, well, I can hold my hand on or hold my finger there for five seconds, but I want to be able to hold it there for nine seconds. Yeah, that's I, I like to be able to hold it there for say ten seconds. 
Because if you do that, you're going to be safe. Yeah. Can you get a little bit more out of it? Yeah, but I don't want to hear the story of <laughs> you finding out you went too far. But my guess is if your flight times are bad and they're not as long as they should be, um, my guess is that your mid-range is, is quite, quite rich. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. All righty. So there's one thing we're going to need to talk about before we go, guys. We've got uh, kind of a, we're going to talk a little bit about some cool, you know, we mentioned on Facebook, well, Nick did a while back, about some new and upcoming things that we're going to be doing here in the nation. Mm -hmm. And I want to play something for you guys. So bear with me while I get it. And see what you guys think of this. everyone and welcome to Digging In, a technical series brought to you by RC Heli Nation version 2.0. It's our very first episode of hopefully many to come, so sit back, put on your thinking caps, and let's see if we can't give those brain muscles a little bit of a workout. You guys might be able to recognize that voice. That's Nick. Sounds and familiar. It does sound familiar. What that is, guys, is, you know, we talked about uh, some additional content from the podcast and um it just so happens that uh you know we've got an invaluable resource in nick and we decided that maybe we should do something a little extra well there's some caveats and we understand this isn't going to be for everybody but um this this series of episodes is going to be called digging in and they're going to tackle nick is going to tackle some various technical issues we've got the first episode done should be available shortly it is going to be a fee-based show at $1.49 an episode. A very reasonable price for those of you who really want to tackle these, te these technical issues uh, in depth and not, you know, just kind of like we've just kind of been briefing over, briefly going over some of these things. I'm really looking forward to seeing how this is received. I think you guys are really going to get a lot out of it. Uh, these episodes are going to be shorter. There's not going to be, I mean, they're just straight talk. No messing around, no joking around, no nothing. Just, just straight into the meat and just going at the topic. And I'm really looking forward to uh, getting these available to you guys and seeing what you think. Yeah, it should be. Uh, hopefully, hopefully everyone likes it. I, you know, the big thing was we kept getting, you know, and talking with people and just getting feedback on the show. It was, you know, what do you guys want? Well, some people, I just love it the way that it is. Oh, we love the joking around. We love this. Other people are like, yeah, okay, I like the joking around, but I, I, I want a little more. I want to be able to walk away with a little bit more. I want to learn something from the show. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not for everyone. Some people like it for the humor, uh, oddly enough. I don't, yeah. I, <laughs> I thought we kind of sucked, but <laughs> it, is, it is what it is. Um, so this is for those people who, who want extra out of it. The goal was always and will forever be to make sure that the regular show is free. 
for everyone that wants to listen to the nation. Uh, we're going to do everything we can to always stick to that. Um, but, you know, this requires a lot of time with a very horrible paycheck. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, these, everything we do here, there's a dollar amount affixed to everything we do. Yeah. That's just all there is to it, guys. And, um, uh, uh, no one's going to, you know, this isn't, this isn't, uh, <laughs> this isn't a, uh, money making prospect. You can, I can <laughs> promise you that. <laughs> no. uh, we'll be lucky if we just cover our expenses and that's really yeah. all we're after so anyway yep. take it for what it's worth i'm sure we're going to get a fair amount of people saying why are you doing that well you know the this episode that you're listening to right now this is rc Nation version 2.0 you will always until we decide to shut the doors of this project you will always be able to get this show for free and that yep. i can promise you uh, if you're looking for a little bit more, this will be right up your alley. And um, I've listened to the first episode while well, I edited the first episode. It's fantastic. Uh, nice, concise, uh, break every 10 minutes because you're going to be wanting to hit rewind because you're going <laughs> to want to know what did you just miss. It's really that good. I'm really excited for it. So let us know what you guys think, good or bad. Um, you know, we, we do what we can here and, and, uh, it's a lot of fun and I think you guys will enjoy it as well. Yeah. And if you have topics that you want to hear, of course, feel free. Contact me, Dan, whoever put a post, put a uh, post up on Facebook, whatever you got to do, make sure we get it. We'll do the best to make sure that you get the most accurate information possible too. All righty, guys. Well, Justin, thanks for uh, you know coming along, dude. Hey, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. We it was um, fun. this this has been a very challenging week <laughs> to get a show. Oh out. man, we <laughs> uh, you guys may hear some. I'm going to do it again. Anomalies. See there? I'm yeah. Using that word because yep. You may hear some uh, strange stuff in this show. We've just been struggling to get. The, this the the internet the whole oh my gosh I, I won't even go into it let me just tell you it's been this episode has been trying for everyone involved um so take it for you know don't uh, don't hold it against us I guess for lack of better words <laughs> we're doing we're doing our best we're the doing what we can with hour the and a half of my life oh my god are you kidding me yeah it took us I don't know about four hours to record four it yeah four four and a half hours. Alrighty, guys. Well, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at Dan K. Reed on all the forums, or you can reach me at Dan at rchillynation.com. Nick, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? Definitely shoot me an email at Nick at rchillynation.com or catch me on pretty much all the forums as NWM Tech. And Justin Bieber. Oh, wait a minute. It's not Bieber, is it? Nope. <sighs> nope. If you, I want to get in touch, up again. I messed it up again. I got to start reading those damn show notes. Justin, if I want to get in touch with you, how would I do that? You could email me at justinpucci at mac.com, J-U-S-T-I-N-P-U-C-C-I at mac.com, or catch me on any of the forums at Justin Pucci. That's right. We're The, the Mac people are taking over the world. And I will say one more thing about this technical issues we've been having. All the problems that we've been having tonight, have all been happening on PCs. Just Damn saying. Bill Gates. Just saying. 
If you guys wanted to get in touch with Jake, you could do that at jake at rchillynation.com. And of course, don't forget about Rob. I know he's not on the show much anymore, but uh, if you're if you're so inclined, drop him a line, ask him how he's doing. You can do that at rob at rchillynation.com. I also want to talk a little bit about our Facebook page and the giveaway. Um, you know, it's through Facebook. Sorry, guys. I know that thread kind of turned it that we had on Heli Freak kind of turned into a Facebook bash, but it's just easy for us to do it that way. Uh, it's not the only way you can get information about that giveaway. Uh, we'll talk about it on the show. It's simply just send us pictures of your recent crash. That's all. When we get at the end of uh, when, when the contest is up, we're going to go ahead and go through them. And uh, whoever sent us the most impressive pictures and or video is going to get a pretty sweet charging case. Oh, man. And that is courtesy of ProgressiveRC.com. Be sure to check them out for all your charging needs. So next week, uh, Snohomish Fun Fly. Yep. We're not quite sure what we're going to do there. I know Nick is going to try to get some interviews from whoever he can. Uh, we're going to attempt. <laughs> I don't know. Internet gods willing. And uh, they certainly weren't on our side tonight. But <laughs> um, we're going to try to do something where Nick can be involved in the show. I know Jake's got a fun fly again next week. <sighs> so we'll see how that goes. Um, if these two guys can't make it, I'll call in some reserves and we'll put a show together. Something will happen next Monday. I can promise you that. And just as always, guys, we sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. Have a good week. We will see you guys next Monday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.